You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the latest episode of Half Street High Heat. Thank you for joining us as always. I am Amanda. You can find me on Twitter at awhite7877. I am joined as always by my dazzling co-hosts, Nick and Ryan. You can find them on Twitter at DCNatShack. And you can find the show at Half Street High Heat. And we are doing this podcast. It's actually at DazzlingDCNatShack now. So (laughs) you've got to update your handle. Yep. Yes, and it's it's alliterative, which is always fun. Um, anyway, we're doing this for the DMV Sports Network. Check them out at dmvsportsnetwork.com, and you can find them on Twitter at dmv underscore sn. You can find daily content on the website, and uh, be sure to check them out. How are you guys doing? How was your week? I am doing scrumptious. I'm doing scrumptious. Wow. wow. I don't know what you um, people have against adverbs, but it's madness. <laughs> well, I won $100 playing roulette today, so I'm too rich to know what adverbs mean. Well, uh, how much true. were you up before you only won 100 Ryan? Oh, dude, I was up so much, and <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm so upset. <laughs> oh, goodness. Dude, only put, yeah. hey, only put 15 in there, so I feel like that's still pretty good. Oh, yeah. well, that is pretty good. What's the fun of you gambling if you double your head? You should have sold high exactly. while you had the chance. Hint, hint, wink, wink. You know. yes. Are you listening, <laughs> learners? <Okay. laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, uh, let's get started as we always do with our week in recap. Ryan, get us started. Yes, yes. What a week it was. Um, Derek Jeter and the Marlins. They are absolutely bamboozled right now. They can't figure out why anyone's going to the Marlins games. So they decided to do a poll of all their season ticket holders, some of their beloved fans, sending out an email. Surprise, surprise. All the fans reported in that one. They're not having 
any shine of wanting to win. So the fans are like, why should we come? And two, they're complaining about how bad the location is in Miami. Florida teams just don't work. Uh, eventually, owners have to listen to the fans, but the Jeter-led Marlins are bad from every single angle. They are 25 and 44. Pretty good week. Um, if they weren't trying to come out of a crater, they took two, three against the White Sox. Then they split the four-game set against the Diamondbacks. They are 33 and 38, and they are still closer to last place than first place. And they're currently 14 and 7 over the last 21 games. With seven key division games coming up, Nats have put themselves in a position where they have to win all seven, and winning all those seven may only get them to third place in the division. The it's Mets almost like fall. April games matter. Sorry, just saying. Yeah. Who, who, who the funk? Who the funk? <laughs> um, the Mets continue to fall and be very bad. Syndergaard hits the IL. Cano has been awful, and he comes off the IL. There really isn't a lot going right in New York, except for the fact that their GM thinks they're in a position to win. LOL, sounds pretty familiar. Can't relate to you guys. And um, <laughs> he's recognizing that the Mets are a couple years away. They are 34 and 37. The Phillies and Braves enter the weekend with a huge three-game series against each other. Braves came into the series red hot with the longest win streak in baseball. And the Phillies entered the game slumping and struggling to win as the already weak pitching staff has six relievers on the IL. We saw clutch home runs, blown bullpen leads, bad managerial decisions, um, also known as watching the Nats through a couple games. And the Braves took two of the three games, and they now have a two-and-a-half game lead in the division and are 42-30. and 30. Phillies, for the first time this season, are in second place. They are 39-32. and 32. And there you have it. That's the week. And recap. All right, thank you. That uh, it were uh, for the first time a little bit of changes in the standings. Um, yeah, I mean, happen. seems like the Braves have everything going for them right now. So we'll see how uh, how much ground they can gain during this stretch that, uh, that they're on. Yeah, and it's interesting. I think as badly as the Mets are playing right now, and the Nats are playing a little better, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a swap in the standings before next week. Whoa, <laughs> third place. Watch <laughs> out. Yeah. World Climbing. Series back on. Yeah, hey, nowhere to go but up. Got to start somewhere. <laughs> I will say, even though All they're right. sliding, the, the Phillies still currently have a wild card spot. So, really? let's see. Yeah, they're two games above uh, the Rockies and Diamondbacks and two and a half above okay. uh, the Cardinals. Speaking of the Rockies and apropos of nothing, uh, Ian Desmond having himself a hell of a week. Um, can we talk about that's the wildest like series in baseball history, the most runs scored in a four-game series? Yeah, that, yeah, that was... was a crazy one. Honestly, I-, I love games like that. Like, I love pitcher duels, but games were just like run after run after run equally as fun in my mind. Oh, easily. Yeah, Offense is fun. Offense yeah. is fun. Offense is Too fun. bad the Nats don't that's have true. it. Well, oh, better lately. Better lately. Well, speaking of better lately, let's do our the good, the bad, and the ugly segment. We do have a bad this week, not just a gooder. Um, <laughs> so let's start with the good. The good is Max Scherzer. Uh, last seven starts, he's 4-1 and one after a fairly bad start. His, he didn't actually pitch that poorly early in the season, but his win-loss record looked just absolutely awful. So much better lately, a 1.72 ERA in his last seven, 47 innings, 34 hits, 
nine earned runs, 12 walks, 64 strikeouts, and a .98 whip. Yeah, he's getting hot at the right time nice uh, in order to get traded at the deadline. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Sorry, was that out loud? Is this thing on? <laughs> I still don't think no, he's getting I mean, traded. I think Rendon's going to go. I don't think Max. No. Nah. Oh, there is zero shot in how they trade Max. No, I, I don't think he is either, but like it was more of the principle like you have to be open to trading him. And you can't just say no to say no. Like, you have to be open to it at this point. That was more what the yeah. argument was about. But it it definitely is nice to see him still be the Max we know and love, for sure. He's back. Yeah. Max is back. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the bad. The bad is reality is bad. 14 and 7 <laughs> in their last 21, which is which is, you know, vastly improved from what it was early in the season. However... We have saying they have to play 600 or better baseball going forward to go anywhere, but they've only gained one and a half games in that stretch, and they're still in fourth place, which is just so irritating. Right. And, I mean, that's kind of what I said earlier. I didn't mean to interrupt Ryan, but, like, <laughs> I mean, games early in the season matter. So when you dig yourself into a deep hole early on and you're like, oh, well, there's still a long season, yeah, but the games still count. If you dig yourself into a deep hole, like you're just making it that much harder to gain ground back. Like everything counts. We we see, like what was there two games last year that had a 163 or just I know it was Cubs Brewers. I thought there was another one. Um, but like we see divisions, playoff spots decided all the time between like like two games or less. So why wouldn't games yeah. in April count just as much as games in September? And the Nats failed to capitalize well, time and time do, again. But it would be really nice to see them continue to play, you know, 600 plus baseball. And, you know, maybe if everything falls their way and they can continue that the whole rest of the season, there might be I a mean, wild card discussion to be had. But I don't. I mean, they're chasing two teams. And, but the the thing is, like, would, like, as backwards as it may sound, would the Nats playing 600 baseball be the best thing? Like I, I, I can. Well, I think it's enough of a thing that the learners are going to cling to that and not have a fire sale because they're going to say, "Hey." Well, they well that's what I'm saying. Like, I that if that that's exactly the point I was making. If the Nats keep playing this brand of baseball, which has been, as we've all said, better as of late, they've had a sixty six six sixty six winning percentage over the last twenty one, which is great. But like, is it the best thing? Because we still don't have a farm and. I mean, this team is so inconsistent, and the bullpen's still not great. Like, would no. winning and not selling be the best thing for this team? Do you know what's interesting to me is no. that you say, okay, well, what's if it's better for them to not? And there is an argument to be made that it'd be better for them to not win as much and to go ahead and sell and restock the farm. But on the other hand, you don't tell these guys to ever go out every day and not play. Right. Like, the best part of a baseball if we game. can, and if they can. Yeah, if we can like sell and still play good baseball and win, yeah, that's abs that's like best case scenario. I'm not saying we should tank by any means because tanking in baseball doesn't work. It's not like football or basketball where like you you tank for a player or a pick and then that pick pans out and is automatically impactful the very next year. Like that's not how baseball works. So tanking in baseball serves you no pers purpose whatsoever. I'm just saying. 
especially with how we know how the learners operate, if there's any sort of like momentum, as crazy as it sounds, like that might not be a good thing because then the learners won't just not sell at the deadline, they're going to buy at the deadline, <laughs> which is not good. Yeah, I think you're probably right, although, you know, I think I I really do think they're going to trade Rendon. I don't I don't see them making the same mistake that they made with Harper. And when they do, I think this Nats offense is going to be, you know, in, incredibly um, impacted by that. It's going to be a lot weaker. And I don't think you're going to see the winning percentage continue as it is once Rendon's gone. And, I mean, maybe this isn't the right time to bring up this question, but just to test the waters, I mean, the Nats have really had a, a window since 2012. So seven years, I mean, that's a pretty good window. Many teams don't get that. Like the Royals won a World Series. They went to two straight World Series, and the window was only like three years or so. But with the Nats, it's been seven. We have nothing to show for it. Because the division was so bad. Right. Yeah. Would, would the Nats, this window, especially with the teams we've had like 2013, 2014, those good teams on paper, is it the biggest disappointment in recent memory? Yes. Because the only other thing I can think, because like, I mean, the Blue Jays had really good teams in like uh, the early 2010s, like 2013, 2014, like the Joey Bats bat flip and like the Pirates had really good teams. They won like 98 games and were in the second wild card spot. Like those were good teams and uh, ultimate disappointments, but neither of those teams were like Nats level expectations in Nats level disappointment either. Yeah, no, I think, like I think you could make that argument <laughs> that they are the most disappointing just based on how long that window's been and how many times we've been disappointed. Right. And the and with the and, payroll and the too, because they didn't just not make a, a World Series, they never even got out of the first round. Right. Like the the Blue Jays at least made it to the ALCS and the Pirates were just like they were good at the same time as the Cardinals and the Cubs, unfortunately for them. So I mean, but at the same time, they did not have the $200 million payroll that the Nats do. So it just, it just really sucks. Because even if, like, I can agree, like, trading Rendon doesn't close our window at all. But you can't say it doesn't hurt because it, it, it most certainly does. So it's almost like a different window, per se, if you trade Rendon because it's kind of an end of a, a end era. Of era. Yeah. Yeah. Just sucks. All right, dude. Yeah, it does suck. What did Ryan? What were you gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say like all those teams are good, but like they never had the superstars that the Nats did, or nearly yep. as talented, and they all won more than the Nats did. Like the Nats yeah. are the biggest disappointment. It's not really an argument. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and, yeah. and and also the World Series expectations, the you know being picked. right. By Sports Illustrated ahead of time. I mean, the the expectations were just so sky high, and the results were so so far below what the expectations were. That it's definitely been yeah. It's definitely been because like a I mean, there was a bunch of good yeah. There was a bunch of good stories with like obviously Blue Jays, Pirates. Like even the Orioles had like good teams uh, early this decade, but the expectations were nowhere near what they were for the Nats uh, for many years. So it just really sucks and. I think a Rendon trade, while necessary, just really signals the end of an era uh, for this window. Yep. It does. 
the Prez DC well, I think fan. This window's closing. Oh yeah. The window on this is closing on a very ugly bullpen year. So let's move on to our ugly, which is Kyle Barraqua, who has been, if it's possible, I think even worse than Rosenthal lately. He's uh, in his last 13 appearances, 11 innings pitched, 17 hits, 15 earned runs, five walks, 12 strikeouts, two hit by pitches, and gave up six homers and has now hit the IL. Yeah, we yeah, I mean, I'm so shocked that a guy who was terrible in the second half last year is terrible again. Who the <laughs> thunk? Yeah. yeah. Who could have seen this coming? <laughs> Not me. Not Mike Rizzo, apparently. Not Mike Rizzo. So, yeah, Barraclaw's <laughs> been awful. Rosenthal is inexplicably back with the club and uh, doing his doing his thing, which is Hey, his ERA is down to like 19 and a half, so. Yeah. I never had as much fun with a, a relief pitcher than his infinite ERA. <laughs> never seen anything quite like that before. So, yeah, the uh, bullpen has, again, been really good. I saw on one of the broadcasts on the games this past weekend, um, they said that the, I think they had a 1.2 ERA in the past, in this, you know, past, 14 games or something. I can't remember what the exact numbers were, but they've been like the best bullpen in the uh, in the National League for 10 games or something, which is crazy. I, it's almost I, like when you have a good bullpen that performs well, you win games. Weird. Like, I know, right? Ra- Rainey has been a great addition. I, uh, uh, he just gave up a run, so he sucks. So we just send him down. Oh my God, he gave up a run. Yeah. Clint Frazier style. Been, uh... So the next thing we're going to talk about is an update on the farm system. You guys have thoughts? Yes. So all these people keep – I keep saying this on Twitter. People are like, oh, the Nats should buy. The Nats should buy. With so, what? People really saying that. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Nationals farm system moved up after the draft from 28th to 27th. Um, oh, from unranked to 31st. <laughs> so their top 10 prospects, they have two top 100 prospects. They're both at shortstops, which they're both shortstops, which makes zero sense because the future shortstop is up, the franchise. Um, and then every other prospect that they have in their system is a tier three prospect or just not even considered a tier prospect. And Jackson Rutledge, who they just drafted, is now the number three prospect. So, like, they ain't got the farm system, people. It does and, not exist. And some of the baseball writers kind of, like, they didn't question the Jackson Rutledge pick, but they were kind of like, they didn't understand why the Nats necessarily took him over some of the other pieces that were, or prospects that were there. So even that was kind of questionable. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to know uh, much about the the draft yeah, prospects because that's, that's just not my, to- <laughs> right, that's, that's not my area of expertise. I, I'm just going off what the writer said. So like if the writers are kind of questioning it, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to question the writers because I, I know what the Nets have um, done historically, but verbal meme for you guys, like the Nets farm system is like, and in, in terms of buying at the deadline or wanting to buy at the deadline, they're pulling out their wallet, they're opening it, and moths are flying out. There's, there's nothing to buy with. It's just a bunch of spaghetti in their wallet. What? They gave nothing. 
<laughs> I don't know what the hell either of you are talking about, but okay. So that's farm system. Well, I thought stock. I thought mine was pretty good, but I don't know where. Yeah, yours made a little from. bit of sense, but the spaghetti we we went off the rails. I mean, you said you're going memes, so I pulled up a meme. So clearly, guys, yeah, don't hear memes. Well, I said verbal meme, but that's cool. All right, all right. So anyway, quality content. <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk a bit while we're talking about the farm. Uh, before we started to record this, we were talking about whether we would trade Rendon. What was it for Frazier and who else? Anduhar. This Anduhar. is from Thursday, uh, so, actually. Yeah, and so that's My an interesting boy. question. And uh, if, you know, those are two obviously MLB, great MLB quality players, so that doesn't do anything for the farm. Would you guys rather see them trade Rendon for you know, guys who are going to help right now, or would you rather see them stock the farm with a trade? Well, so, so go ahead, Ryan. With the trade for Rendon, it's tricky because he's a rental, and they'll probably just get a deal like the Orioles got from Machado, where it's a bunch of like just quantity, get like five guys, and none of them are going to be like top one hundred prospects, or anyone's really going to make a difference in anything. So, with the trade with Two MLB ready guys. Obviously, Andohar is not going to be the same guy just because he's he's hurt right now. He's having a major arm surgery, but he's still pretty good. And then Clint Frazier, who wants out of New York because he just got sent down, hitting 287 with the 855 OPS. He can play first base. So when Ryan Zimmerman finally gets Das Boot, you have two guys who can start right away next year. I do think that would help your team more than just getting like five middle of the road prospects who may never crack to the major league roster. Right, and that's kind of yeah. one of the things I was going to say, Ryan, you, you touched on a lot of good points. Uh, the Orioles went um, a, a different route with the Machado trade where they decided to go with um, quantity, not quality, which isn't a bad thing whatsoever just because, I mean, it it's more likely that one of those will stick than obviously trading for fewer and having both or all of them uh, not pan out. Um, but with Rendon, he's having such a good season, and he's such a valuable trade piece, and one of the few um, bats that also has a good glove and can provide in multiple areas in the trade deadline. And yes, he is a rental, but he can get you um, pieces that will help, like Frazier and Andujar. Granted, like Ryan said, Andujar is going uh, undergoing major arm surgery, but Clint Frazier is MLB ready. So the fact that he's being sent down just because the Yankees have too many good players, what a problem to have. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a travesty. Right? So um, he, I, I've said this before, Clint Frazier is just a guy begging for every day at bats. Um, and I, I would love to have him. Yeah, it doesn't help out the farm, but the ultimate point of the farm, if not for trade pieces, is to have your prospects pan out and help your major league team. I mean, Soto, right. Robles, uh, Keyboom, like, uh, ultimately, we, we want them at the major league level having success. So if we can get a young guy like Frazier under team control, yeah, absolutely. And even more so, we get him, then we can either trade Eaton or just decline his option. Because, I mean, no point in paying $9 million for a below average outfielder. Like it just makes no sense. So it, it helps us no matter what. And Andujar is obviously a step down from Rendon, no denying that, but he's still a good 
replacement and young and under team control for several years. So that's still a win. That 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 would be a good trade that addresses two major holes in my opinion. And they're both twenty four yeah, I... right now, so that'd be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely younger. I do like the idea of it, sort of. I, I don't know. I kind of think that given the situation with the farm it would be nice to He's such a valuable trade piece, and for a contender who's making a World Series push this year to add a guy like Rendon, I, I think you might see some teams who are willing to give up more than they usually would. Oh, they are, then all means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, and, we will see and Rendon. Because I expect the trade is coming. Rendon has flexibility too, because he still can play second base, and teams know that. So the fact that he's not tied down to a position and he can play different positions for a team that may have a third baseman already and that third baseman can't like flex to a different position. Rendon just becomes that much more attractive, which in turn the Nats need to realize that and capitalize on his value. Like I love Rendon. I I do not want to see him go, but at the same time, it's not going to be the worst thing in the world because the Nats should get a haul no matter what him and Doolittle have to be traded I would love to see him stay yeah I would love to have him but they just can't if they can't sign him they can't keep him they cannot let what happened last year happen but at the same time like if they want to sign him that badly they can do what the Yankees did and we said this a million times but they can do what the Yankees did trade him yeah trade him get young prospects that are going to help you if not immediately pretty damn soon and then go after Rendon in the offseason and sign him like they should have done with Bryce last year and what they should do with Rendon this year. Like there's no rule that says if you trade someone, you can't resign them. Just that's not a thing. The Nats have to play smart. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. We're going to do our, a look back segment. Oh yeah. I don't think we should do this one. We're visiting early (laughs) dances on the national season. I'm pleading the fifth on this one. <laughs> I may, I mean, the possibility exists, have been slightly overly optimistic. <laughs> <in> that. <laughs> it was just like, obviously, I don't think any of uh, um, Ryan, you had the Nats in the playoffs in your prediction too, right? Yeah, you know, I wanted to say they were going to come in fourth place, but I don't want to deal with some certain person who had them in the World Series being upset. <laughs> not to name names. Oh, not please, to name like names. you care about upsetting me. Nobody believes that. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even talking about you. Yeah, come oh, on, Amanda. Fish. <laughs> 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 oh, that's hey, what was your prediction, Nick? Remind us. Uh, I had them... I think I had them winning the wild card game and losing the first round. I, I want to say beat, that's what I had. Uh, I had them beating the Brewers in the wild card game and losing to the Cardinals, I believe. Um, but okay. I mean, the point is like, obviously this season hasn't gone the way any of us expected or wanted to or anything like that. So it's just like, I mean, where do we kind of go from here? Because I, I don't think anyone saw this coming, but that's just baseball. Like, you can't always predict uh, what's going to happen, how the season's going to plan out, even if you have a great team on paper, which I think the Nats had a very good team on paper and one that could contend, but I wouldn't say they were the 
the best team in baseball or even in the National League on paper at the start of the season. But now that we're here, we're winning, and we're still not gaining much ground. I mean, yeah, it's like, where where do we go? go from here is we all, we just have to keep, we just have to keep drinking and and talking crap. I guess that's all we'll be able to do. Hey, I'll, um, I'll toot my own bullpen. (laughs) I said the bullpen was going to be bad and was going to be a big issue. And I was more than right. So toot toot. Thank you. Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) Hey, that was your own horn. There you go. He did want to toot his own horn. <laughs> I'm pretty All sure right, I so said Zimmerman um, was done, so I get credit for that. Yeah, well, there is that, and uh, I don't even know if we're going to see him play again this season or at all. Uh, he, um, I mean, and he has 999 you, he, he, career RBIs, which is a horrible way to end your career. He he's going to get the David Wright treatment, where I don't remember if David Wright started that game or if he came in or whatever, but I know he got in that bat. And then he like got pulled in like the fifth or seventh inning or something to a standing ovation. That's what's going to happen with Ryan Zimmerman. He'll probably start yeah, a game. He'll right. get in that bat, very uh, low stress, and then he'll get pulled in like the sixth or seventh to a standing O. And I, I think he rides off into the sunset at that point. Yep, I expect you're right. I, you know, I hate to see it. I, we've all, you know, we've all talked about Ryan Zimmerman ad nauseum, but. You know, it's just a terrible way for him to end what was a really good career, and it's been on the decline, but that's just a crappy way to go out. I'm sorry for him. It's nice that you're finally expecting me to be right, since I'm always right. Now you're finally catching on. So, just kudos to you. (laughs) But kudos to me for giving kudos to you, so. (laughs) All right, before we move on, we're going to do a fun segment next, but let me just remind all of you who are listening that um, we are doing this for the DMV Sports Network, and we are part of their library of podcasts. There are nine podcast shows available right now um, about all the teams in town and also some mixed bag shows called It's About Time DC and the Dom and Thunder Show. So please be sure to check them out wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, please leave them and us reviews. We really appreciate it. So our next segment is a fun one. We're going to do our favorite food items at Nats Park. So, Ryan, you want to get it started? What do you get when you go to the ballpark? Ball uh, yeah. So, I'll just do food. Um, I'm not going to do drinks just because I do love those uh, margaritas and daiquiris that they have frozen at the front. So I saw the Daxenritas, awesome... section 103? Yes. Yes. <laughs> love those. <laughs> so good. Such degenerates um, on this show. My goodness. <laughs> and then the district coolers. But... Coming in at number five on my list, it's an oldie, but it's a goodie. Whenever I don't know what to get, I get it, and that's Enzo's Pizza. The slices are huge. They're greasy. They're cheesy. What more do you want on a pizza? Throw some pepperoni on there. It is expensive, but everything on Nat's Park is expensive. So that is coming in at – oh, my God. That is coming in at number five. Number four. These will be higher on my list. It is new at Nat's Park. They're absolutely delicious, but they're so small. They're only nine dollars, and is the pupusas? They're I so love good. Love pupusas, uh, easily oh. one of my top three favorite foods. Love Dude, it's pupusas. It's got chicken Big and fan. cheese with a, a great slaw on the side, but you only get two of them, so it doesn't really fill me up. And I end up getting something else, and I'm spending a lot of money. Highly recommend. 
they're right behind center field and like the front first level right near the uh the burrito place the burrito bowl place which is not my top five because there's no flavor whatsoever on that but <clears throat> coming in at number three um i've only had it once and it was probably the best thing i've had in Nats park but only since i had it once it's coming in number three it is the mambo chicken sandwich at the budweiser brew house i have it's not had it yet chicken. but it's on my list Oh, it's so good. It's got crispy chicken breast. It's got good slaw. It's got the great mambo sauce, and it comes with fries, and it's only $16. Highly recommend it. It's absolutely delicious. Um, The way the slaw and the sauce comes together, oh, bone apple teeth. And then number the, two. Sorry, just to interrupt. The pupusaria is section 140 for anyone interested. Boom. There we go. Got you. And then. Number two, they're not as good as they were last year because the plates are now smaller, but it's a staple on that part for me. It is Tacho's See You Tater, the Backyard Barbecue Tots. I, wow, I thought it was going to oh be number God. one. I'm surprised. Ooh, but you, I got the, a new, the, I got the, plate plate size, the plate size is a fair point. But. It's changed. It's smaller. And like last year, you used to get so many tots and you get – Pull barbecue, pull pork on it, mac and that's cheese. That's why and it was always shop. worth it. Um, I, I don't have a top five just because I'm a creature of habit. I will always get the same thing if I know I like it. And that for the longest time was CU Tater because it was just like, it was like Ryan said, it's a staple. You got so much. It was always filling. But now the Nats are raising prices and shrinking portion size. It kind of stinks. But sorry, Ryan, didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, no, no problem. Um, and then right. number one, Ryan's which... number one is okay, Amanda. That was really rude. Um, <laughs> so my number one is the nachos at the club level. The nachos at the club level are so much better than nachos everywhere else. I don't know why, because they're the same thing but taste better. The Dos Locos nachos, how do you say the name? You get the braised beef on there and the cheese and the salsa. Oh, I've gotten it the last five times. Hmm. I've been to Nats Park. I'm on a huge Mexican food kick right now, and those nachos out of the world. Highly recommend it. You're welcome. America. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, I don't know what it's called now, but uh, my grandparents used to have season tickets at the Stars and Stripes Club, which is like the club that's at 200 levels uh, down the third base line. And those nachos were always banging. Always, dude. So they're good. so good. Yeah, <laughs> so I I can attest to that. I have no idea why they're so much better than anywhere else. But if you get club seats, you have to get nachos because it is always worth it. Okay, so you don't have a, a top five, Nick. What is your one thing that you always get? I mean, like I said, I'm a creature of habit, so I'll get my main food, uh, whatever it is. Um, at Nats Park, I, with Nats Park in particular, I go, well, I haven't been as much as here, but I go enough to where like I want to try different places. And I'll kind of get like a, a safer menu item that I think I'll like. Um, but always like sixth, seventh inning, always get ice cream, no matter what. Gotta yep. be, gotta get ice cream. Just which ice doesn't cream? Matter. Is it the regular ice cream or like the Dippin' Dots? What do you get? See, it, see, it, it depends on my mood. Like sometimes I really want the souvenir helmet, so like I'll go get saucer. <laughs> um, but like if like that's just a hike, then I'll just go to like. The Briars, which I think is a sellout, but I just want ice cream. It, it just fits the my idea of a, a day at the ballpark. 
All right. Well, I am quite a purist when it comes to ballpark food. I, I like all the fancy crap that they do there. It's all good. My husband loves to try <laughs> all the different stuff. But I always eat some of his. But I always go for the straight-up ballpark food. So my number five is a Nats dog. They're not great, but sometimes you just got to have a hot dog at the ballpark. And I put both ketchup foot and long or regular? on it. Regular. Ooh. Regular. The foot long's too much because I want to be able to eat other stuff too. I don't eat fair, fair. One thing. So I put ketchup and mustard on it, which some people are horrified by, but that's the way I roll. Got to have both. No, that's that's what I do with um, my hot dogs. Completely badass. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is the curly W pretzel. I love soft pretzel. Ooh. They used to at the Budweiser restaurant there. They used to have like that humongous pretzel that they would sell like hanging on a hook. Oh, it's and they there. don't have it anymore. Oh, did they? They had the last two times I went, mm -hmm. they didn't have it. But anyway, maybe they just are out of it sometimes. But those are awesome. Wait, you still? I love soft pretzels. Ah, uh, see, every time I've had the pretzels this year, they're like rock hard. They're like last year used to be Ooh. so good. That's nice. Yeah, and the one time I did have it last, it was like cold still in the middle. Like they're just not doing a good job with them at the Budweiser. They just—they're not putting love into it. No, that's no love. <laughs> no love. <laughs> So anyway, the, the pretzels, soft pretzels, hot with lots of salt and mustard. Absolutely perfect for a day at the ballpark. My number three is the fresh donuts over by the um, third base gate. There's that little kiosk. I can't remember what it's called where they sell fresh, hot. Um, I'm just going to I'm gonna start crying because they removed that, and it's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Oh, I haven't tried to get them this year. Are they really gone? They're gone. They replaced it with stupid caviar. Oh, for Christ's sake. Jesus Christ. Nobody wants they caviar had, they had, at a ballpark. They had special all-star donuts, and oh my God, they were so They're freaking so good, good during all-star My daughter, week. who's only three, every time we take her down there to the ballpark, all she wants is she wants the pretzels and the tater tots, which is my number two item, is the tater tots. And I go to the one right behind, right next to the center field gate over there, and they there's this yep. super nice chick who works there who will give me the cheese in a separate container on the side so that my tots don't get Ooh. soggy and I can dip them instead of having it all over the top of my top. Power move. Absolute power move. Yes. I respect it. God, Amanda's an and alpha. My number one. <laughs> my number one is Alf blue Amanda. raspberry. Oh, that didn't make work. <laughs> That didn't really work. Just but ignore I, I me. Yeah, ignore me. <laughs> Blue Raspberry Leilani Shave Ice. I have to have one every time I go to the ballpark. It's my absolute favorite. Turns my mouth blue. I look like an idiot child. I don't care. It's delicious, and I love it. Wait, where where is that? It's over. I've seen it. I don't think I've ever gotten it, gate, And you go to the left. My seats are in Section 136, so we walk right by. It's right across from where the playground is when you walk oh, true. around. Oh, yeah. Okay, yep. Gate. It's got like a little wooden yeah. thing, right? Yep. Yep, yep. Good. Stuff. So that's my top five. There's my list. The place I like going, um, especially if I'm at the inside the ballpark, like well before the game's supposed to start, I can't. The Nats always change the names of different places inside the park, so I always get confused. Um, but it's like <laughs> above. I still call it the Red Porch, but it's like above the Red Porch where you can just like stand. Uh, it's like a, it's like the brew house. The Bud Light Ryan? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. That place mm -hmm. is sweet. You can just, you have a great view of the ballpark. It's right next to the batter's eye. For those of you who aren't familiar with the layout, right next to the batter's eye. You're higher up, but you have a great view. Um, yeah, if you and there's a great like drinking, place the, the, up there too. Yeah, there's a the barbecue place is banging. 
there's the bar there if you want to get drinks. It's not usually packed. It's very low key. You there's like um um like you can just it's like a standing area, so you have your little counter space to like set your food down and eat. Just a nice relaxing area to just hang out. And when it's really hot, they have the mist fans going, which I really like. Um, those are some of my favorites. But yeah, neither of awesome. you mentioned it, so I I feel like I'd be doing it a disservice if I didn't mention it. This isn't specific to Nats Park or baseball games. This is like my staple food wherever I go. You got to go chicken tenders and fries. That's like my number one. Absolutely. No matter I'm where I go. Tenders person. I don't know. See, do I knew we didn't get along. I just knew it. <laughs> I know. You are dead it wasn't... right now. <laughs> it wasn't in my top five, but it's brand new and it's right next to Shake Shack. They have a Korean barbecue place. They have like Korean oh. barbecue chicken wings. They're, they really? only come with three, but they're massive, and they're really good. I'm going to have to check that out. My son, my 15-year-old, Korean barbecue is his favorite food on earth, so I need to tell him about that. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. All right. That's on my list. And actually, the move I do every time I go to the ball game, unless it closes too, unless the game goes too late and I can't make it, is my husband and I drive from Nats Park up almost to Capital One Arena across the street to the ramen place and get soup we go home because it's a long ass drive back to winchester <laughs> my favorite ramen place down there is daikaya ramen it's right across from Capital yeah winchester is over by funny. canada <laughs> <laughs> it is you can't throw a rock and hit west virginia from here so yeah it's a it's a long drive home from the ballpark <laughs> amanda sees russia from her house when she's in her backyard <laughs> yeah yep. yeah she can see where the bridge was <laughs> yep yes all right, we're going to get into a geology discussion. Let us move on. <laughs> I honestly can't remember right, if the next... bridge was to Russia or to, like, Greenland or something. I know there was a bridge. Uh, Green... Greenland's on the other side of the continent. No, anyway. but was it from Greenland to, like, Canada no, or it was Canada Russia. to Russia? It was Russia? Okay, all right, so it I did Canada... have it right. All right. Maybe yeah. I am smarter than a fifth grader. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. All right, Just our maybe. next segment is the fair or foul segment. Ryan, you want to do that one for us? Yes, it's everyone's favorite reoccurring segment, fair or foul. I'm going to ask six questions. If you agree, you say fair or foul. You can add a little blur about why you think that way. Um, I have one naturally question. And it's five questions regarding stuff that's going on in baseball. The next time we do this will be in July, so it'll be right before the deadline. So I was like, I'll save all the Nat stuff for then. So we're going to dive right in. Fair or foul? Howie Kendrick and Matt Adams should platoon first base even when Zimmerman returns. Fair. I mean, what's their um, Yes. <laughs> so I just Home run. I think I think it's kind of like a <laughs> non-starter because I don't think Zim will return. So I think like that's just how it's going to be. Um, but yeah, if Zim came back, yeah, obviously you, Kendrick still needs to get a majority of the playing time, especially over Zim. But the thing with Howie is like you can move him around like a oh God, what's the guy's name? I can't think of the guy's name who he signed with the Twins. He was on the Astros last year. Ryan, help me out. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. No. Uh, I knew it But basically, he, he's sort of like a Ben Zobrist. Guy. Yeah, he's like a Ben Zobrist, someone like that who can play multiple positions. 
So essentially, like, when you want to give a guy, like, every third day off, um, like, you could put Howie at first one day, and then Howie at second one day and give Dozier a day off, Howie at third one day and give Rendon a day off. You can do that with Howie, and that way Howie still gets regular at-bats. And Howie's a vet, so playing a different position won't affect him as much as, say, like, let's say Trey played second base. Like, having Trey switch back and forth between positions can be difficult because he's still a young guy. And guys like having consistency as far as where they're playing in the field or where they're hitting in the lineup. So Howie, being the vet that he is, he he can he's better equipped to deal with that than other guys. So... But again, yeah. point being, I don't think Zim's coming back, so I don't think this is a problem. But yeah, yeah. and Adams needs to get plenty of at bats. He he had a hell of a day today. I don't know if those of you who are listening to the podcast, yeah, I've seen better. Morning. Yeah, I saw that Rendon one, that Rendon <laughs> guy one time had ten RBIs, but seven RBIs in one game, including a three run shot and a grand slam, is not too shabby. Yeah, that Rendon guy's yeah. good. I I'm so glad yeah. he's on our team long term. Yeah, man. So glad we locked him up for the foreseeable future. Bye. <laughs> All right. All right. What's so, next? question two. Fair or foul? <laughs> <All right. laughs> Clayton Kershaw is the best pitcher of this generation. Ooh, foul. That's a hard one. Ooh. I'm going to go foul as well. I'm well, fair. Wh- when do you start this generation? Okay, I mean, I would have to think about um, some stuff. What's he been in the league since 08? Is it 08? Yeah. I'm just, yeah, I mean, I'm going to say since, like, he made his debut, and I'm going to say fair. I'm going to say foul just because, like, obviously he's a great pitcher. If he retired right now, he would probably be a Hall of Famer. I'm not trying to take that away from him. But he doesn't have playoff success, and, like, at all. He's been pretty bad in the playoffs, quite frankly. Um, and I'm biased because I love the guy, but I I think Justin Verlander is probably the best pitcher yeah, of this generation. Yeah, that comes to mind for me immediately too. I mean, he's got a World yeah. Series. He's got a he's, Young he's got an MVP. He actually yeah. he has an MVP. He has dominant playoff the player numbers. of the year. I'm looking at their stuff. I mean, yeah, and Kershaw's like, got I, three yeah. Cy Youngs. And Kurt, Verlander Kershaw only has, has one, MVP but... too. But like, I mean. It it's apples and oranges at that point, except Verlander has playoff success and now a World Series ring. So that that's who my other... vote goes to. Yeah, I'm, I'm going. War, I'm... But... but I I can Sorry, see why you would say Clayton Kershaw because obviously he's been dominant. I'm not trying to take from, anything away from him. From 2011 to 2017, his worst season, his ERA was two five three. In any season, I'm pretty sure you would get that year too. It's yeah, how did he do for the, in the playoffs though? How did he? How did the I mean, playoffs work out? He, his ERA from uh from that entire span is 206. That's stupid. Yeah, he's, I mean, yeah, I mean, no, he's I no sense. Very, very. Good. He's spectacular, right? I'm, I just, I don't know. I don't know how you can say somebody who's never had playoff success is the best of his generation. I'll just, it reminds me a little bit of the OV. No, it reminds me of the OV. I'm not even going to try to think of anyone else better than him. Because it's just, Verlander popped into my mind because one of the MVP and then two, just because of the kind of reinventing himself after the injuries he he dealt with in 
2015 or whatever it was. Yeah, okay, so foul from both of us on that and fair from Ryan. All right, all right. Fair or foul, the rate home runs are being hit are taking away for, uh, the fun of home runs. Fair. I am still going to say foul. Um, because I, I think, I mean, a home run is still exciting no matter what. Um, so from that aspect, like you're still going to get excited when you see a home run hit, like Kurt Suzuki hitting home run is still exciting. Like, and he's not known as a home run hitter. So I don't think just because (laughs) I don't (laughs) think like lesser power hitters hitting home runs is a bad thing. Um, and home runs are exciting, but I can see it's taking away from the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the special thing yeah, the a home run is when it's, yeah. The, yeah, the specialness of it, yeah. What right, exactly. Oh, I'm saying foul. I mean, the home run's a home run. Like, yeah. just because there's more in them doesn't mean it's fun. Like, that's whole, my whole stance on it. Individually, I do think that they become less, in, maybe not less fun, they're less impressive, maybe, when there are so many and so many guys hitting them, that I think that you hear somebody hit a home run and you're not that impressed anymore. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe not taking away the fun, but taking away the uh, the impressiveness. No pun intended. All right. All right. Fair or foul? With the acquisition of Edwin and Carcion, Yankees have the best lineup in baseball. Uh, I mean, obviously they need to get Judge and Stanton back healthy, and then like that's the question is the best lineup breath. healthy or the best lineup as it is now. Best lineup. Uh, I mean, Judge and Stanton are right around the corner, but I mean, they're probably the scariest lineup in baseball. I I don't think that's in question. But, I mean, if you want to argue completeness, like, they don't have much speed in that lineup, and maybe they have a lot of, like, higher strikeout guys. So, like, if you want to, like, nitpick uh, from that aspect, maybe not, but they absolutely have the scariest lineup in baseball. Yeah, and you can't argue with the results. Right. I mean, they're just going to hit nothing but ding-dongs. Yeah. And they have 16 players on the I.L. still staggering and especially when you consider that they're what is their record right now 42 and 27 injuries are not an excuse well we know that i'm just saying the uh the, yeah oh, it's crazy. only get you know encarnacion only makes an already really excellent lineup better all right fair or foul freddie freeman is a top five player in baseball foul okay yeah I mean, if you gave me top 10 or top 15, I would probably say yes, but I don't think I'd say top five. Foul. Even top five position player, I don't think he is. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm only talking players, not talking with pitchers. I think he's the most oh, okay. underrated player in baseball. Are you, so are you saying he's top five? I mean, 
in the NL, I would say in the NL, yes, I don't think he's top five all baseball, but he's the under most underrated player in baseball. Yeah, I can see I think that. Rendon might be on that list of the most underrated players in baseball. Um, <laughs> Freddie Freeman has the most active seasons of hitting three hundred more for players in the NL. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's pretty damn good. He's an absolute Nats killer. I hate playing against Freeman. I just, I honestly hate his swing. And they're just like guys like that where they can have productive seasons, but just the way they swing like doesn't look good to me. So like I just hate it. And like as much as I love the guy, Juan Soto is just one of those guys to me. Like he I just do not swing. like. I just do not like his swing for so for some reason that like turns him off for me. Like just it, it annoys me when like one of the prettiest swings I've ever seen in baseball is Victor Martinez and he was actually a switch hitter and he I mean he had some good years but he was a very like he was above average but I mean especially like towards the latter part of his career like he was very average but man he just had such a sweet swing that I just want to watch him hit but Freddie Freeman's like the opposite of that where I just hate seeing him hit yeah so no not top five all right, the last fair or foul question. Fair or foul? Lucas Giolito is the starter for the AL in the All Star Game. Uh, I Hi. mean, so the man or Alex Cora is the manager for the AL team because obviously the Red Sox won the World Series, so it goes who he picks. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think he has just as good of a shot as anyone else. I mean, he's probably the best pitcher in the AL right now. Listen, listen to his ranks and everything. In the AL, he's third in war. He's first for ERA, first for wins. He's third for whip. He is um eighth in strikeouts per nine. He is eighth in innings, tenth in strikeouts. First in complete games and first in shutouts. God, that's hurtful. God, I wish hurtful. I wish the Nats could trade for him. <laughs> I'm gonna go fair and say he probably will be the starter. Yeah, I'll say fair as well, just because I don't. That dude, yeah, has blossomed into a beautiful butterfly. Beautiful, beautifully, said. beautiful butterfly. So poetic. I know. <laughs> yeah, All it right. sucks. So that's our fair or foul segment for the week. Um, we have something pretty cool. Um, we have a special contest we're going to do this week for our listeners. Nick, you want to give us the details? Yeah. So, I mean, you guys, our heaters have been great um, supporting us these 17 weeks plus um, that we've started this podcast. So we want to uh, get you involved even more so than uh, you already have been, which has been great. We love it. So we want to keep it up. So here's what we're going to do. Um, we're offering you the chance, uh, one lucky fan, one lucky heater, to come on and talk sports with us, talk Nats with us. Um, the way that this is going to work is you have to either, A, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, but to that Obviously, that only includes people with iPhones and Apple accounts. So to include everyone, because I know everyone doesn't have an iPhone or whatever, 
show proof Android that you either <laughs> um, show proof that you subscribe, follow us, whatever to the podcast. Um, screenshot it, DM it to the Half Street Height Twitter. DMs are open, so anyone can send it. Doesn't matter if we follow you back or not. DM us with proof that you subscribe, follow us, whatever, and you're automatically entered. And everyone who leaves us a review shows pr- or shows proof that they follow, subscribe, like us, whatever it may be, depends on what you listen to, automatically entered. And Saturday we'll announce a winner um, just based on who uh, entered and submitted comments and DMs. And we will let you know and we will talk about what segment you guys can uh, can come on and talk to talk about with us um i think it's a pretty yeah, cool that'll be fun um pretty cool opportunity we love how engaged you guys are and we really wouldn't be able to do this the way we do without you guys so we want you to be a part of it as well so hopefully you guys jump at the opportunity we love it when we see uh new reviews uh even not so good reviews I mean, we don't, thankfully we don't have many of those, but we like to know what we can do better. Um, but obviously we like even more to know what we're doing right and what, uh, we can keep doing right. So let us know, review, like, subscribe, all of that stuff. Show it to yeah, us, fine. automatically entered. And, uh, hopefully you guys can be on the show and, uh, talk Nats with us. Yeah, and if whoever you are who wins, I hope you like staying up late because we always seem to be doing this at 10 o'clock at night on Sunday. So Yeah, you get to meet Amy, which is uh, Amanda's late-night persona. Yes. Exactly. And it's my fault we always have to do this late because I always have to put my three-year-old to bed before I can record. So it's my fault anyway. <laughs> All right, so that's going to be awesome. We're looking forward to that for this week. Um, so without further ado let's get to everyone's favorite segment of the week the worst tweet of the week we have two winners all right winner number one is at the manix on twitter said quote another thing that annoyed me about harper and his hair in dc was that we didn't spend nearly enough time talking about scherzer dude is a stud yes why doesn't anyone ever talk about max scherzer yeah, I've literally I mean, never heard of this guy before in my life. Jeez. He's pretty good. You if should only, look him up. It, yeah, if only I knew. If only, if, <laughs> in his defense, this Scherzer guy was pretty young and new in the league when Bryce was here, so that's why no one really talked about him. But <laughs> yeah, he's just getting overshadowed by a superstar like Bryce. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah, he was, like, on a rookie contract, and he, like, <laughs> barely made the All-Star team as the All-Star game starter last year. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's never been the starting pitcher in an All-Star game in his own, in his team's stadium before. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's ever happened. Just guy fly it under the radar, you know. What could you say? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Talk about underrated players in baseball. I know it. Okay, our second winner is uh at it's Rowlo who said I cannot believe they let Strope wear his hat like that. Disrespectful for the game of baseball. And then he uh, he tagged at MLB. In the this became a meme. Like 80 people responded to it just with copying his tweet. Just to yeah, he got ratioed he is. immediately. Yeah, he like, did for sure. I, I joined Yeah, in a well-deserved ratio. <laughs> Oof. 
Yeah, Ryan, like yeah. you never joined in on anything ever before. No. <laughs> never likes to join the pile on. <laughs> no, it's just like I, I don't understand like fans getting angry at players for like the way they wear the uniform or whatever. Like personalize it. I don't care. Who like, cares? It, Nobody you're, cares. You're in the majors. If your manager or someone on your team doesn't say anything, then just do it. Like you're not disrespecting your team. Like it was the same thing when people – you don't see it as much anymore, but, like, in the 2000s when guys would put, like, pine tar over the team's logo on their batting helmet and fans would freak out because they thought it was, like, disrespecting the team's logo or whatever. No, it's fine. It's just, like, extra pine tar that you don't have to, like, deal with on your, your bat or your gloves or whatever. Like, it's fine. People just want a reason to, like, be angry all the time. Oh, yeah, especially on the Internet. People love nothing more on the Internet than to be outraged. It's the Internet's best thing. <laughs> yes. Always something. All right. Well, that always something. I always think that when I when I get on Twitter in the morning, I think, okay, Twitter, what are we outraged about today? <laughs> People who drink pickle juice. That's what we're outraged about. You know what? Pickle juice is delicious. I expect, you know what, for all you people who are <laughs> listening, tweet Nick and Ryan. Tweet the DC Natchak account and tell them how delicious pickle juice is. It's well, now no one's going to want to come on our show the because world. they know you drink pickle juice. So thanks my for, faithful for scaring minions. everyone away. <laughs> my faithful Pickle minions. juice is delightful. Tweet and you guys are 77 that pickle juice is terrible. <laughs> I, I well, attack. you're just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, I think we are through for tonight. You guys got anything else? Nope. Um, Nats are going three and four next week. You heard it here first. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got them going four and three. I've got Nick, them going think? three and a half and three and a half. Oh, just got to be different, don't you? <laughs> always. <laughs> He's always right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Um, please subscribe. Leave us reviews. We always really appreciate it. Um, again, I'm Amanda. You can find me on Twitter at awhite7877. You can find Nick and Ryan at DC Natchak and the show at Half Street High Heat. And uh, don't forget to check out the dmvsportsnetwork.com website and them on Twitter at dmv underscore fm. And if you're interested in being part of the DMV Sports Network team, they are always hiring, looking for people. Um, you can check them out on Twitter. You can send them a DM or you can... Um, Contact them through the website via email. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good night, guys. Bye, Bowie. Later. Give me the bridge now. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.